Okay, hi everyone. Welcome back to the Anenko podcast. My name is Duncan Edward and I'm the head of new business here at Anenko. Today I'm with Dan Pardesi, who is our head of social housing, our social housing guru. Dan, we're going to spend some time with you talking specifically about the challenges that social housing providers are facing at the moment and how best to make most of the opportunities available. But before we dive into that, how are you getting on, Dan? We're all still working from home, but what have you been getting up to now the restrictions are starting to lift? Any good things to report? Uh, well, it's been an, an interesting time, Duncan, as you know. It's been really great to see things start to lift and just in time for the summer holidays. So it's been lovely to have lockdown lifted enough to spend a, a night away from home and have a relaxing holiday, albeit uh, with the traditional UK weather. I've also recently enjoyed my first outing to a sunny beer garden, which seemed uh, a long time overdue. Excellent. Hopefully we can have one of them uh, after this podcast. But that's enough about us. Let's move on to more important topics and focus on the social housing. It's obviously been a turbulent time for everyone over the past six months, but there does seem to be a growing body of research that shows the impact of COVID-19 is falling harder in those households with lower income. What do you think that means for the social housing sector? That's an interesting question because obviously the social housing sector is is there to support the uh, the most needy in society and really to support the communities that we all live and work in. So actually, rather than thinking about the impact on the sector, let's think about the impact on the tenants. And actually, what we're seeing, is, as you said, is a lot of financial stress out there for lots of households within the UK. Some finding themselves suddenly out of work or facing new challenges looking for work. Many, even for the first time, Um, having to access universal credit, which has been somewhat of a challenge. Some organisations out there have seen a 500% increase in universal credit applications amongst their residents. And that's that's a big challenge for the sector. More widely, Moody's are forecasting that unemployment could rise to 9.5% come Q3 of 2020. So there's a, a broader economic picture, which is looking quite challenging. Already, citizens at Vice Bureau are seeing a massive surge in private renters seeking help with rent arrears. So as we start to see unemployment rise further, we may well also see an increase in the demand for the housing association sector um, and also their support services. So what does it mean for the sector at a high level? I think ultimately it sees uh, an increased challenge with rent arrears, ultimately less money coming in and an increased demand for support, ultimately higher costs and more money out. So there's going to be a real drive for uh, organisational efficiency as lots of organisations will need to address some cash flow challenges. Hmm. I think you're, you're, you're saying that the current situation is really heightening the challenges the sector was already facing. So what do our clients see as their key focus? Yes, you're right. The sector has been focused on efficiency for some time. So ultimately, the sector is there answerable to the communities that they serve. And for most large organisations, financial resilience has been at the heart of their operations, particularly in the light of planning for Brexit. uh, Lots of organisations have perhaps been in a better position they could have been than they could have been otherwise. Um, But it's not just efficiency that's important. There's a whole host of other metrics which our clients uh, see as key focuses for their organisations. Several have to uh, report back to central government on their uh, value for money and also choose to report 
on a voluntary basis back to the National Housing Federation through their scorecard. And lots of those metrics really focus at a high level on, on finance, social value and best practice. So from a finance perspective, how what is the value for money position to those tenants and residents? What's the debt position of the organisation? How are they handling their asset management challenges? And ultimately, how in control are they of, of their finances and how transparent uh, are they with their uh, their residents? From a social value perspective, are they a responsible landlord? What activities are they doing to support struggling tenants and um whether that be access to universal credit or supporting them with uh, with fuel poverty or, or food poverty issues. And ultimately, what are they doing for the bigger picture in terms of sustainability? That still continues to be a long-term focus. In terms of best practice, you know, ultimately the organisation has to be accountable to their customers. So how are they delivering great service? How can they improve their customer satisfaction scores? And also, how can they be uh, compliant with all the necessary legislation, but also stand ahead of their peers and uh, competitors within the industry. Many of our our clients seem particularly focused on delivering great customer service and obviously want to see that reflected in their CSAT scores, which you just mentioned. What impact does energy management have for them? Well, making sure that housing organisations are delivering great service to their clients is, you're right, a a key focus. And the only way that can be measured is, is through client satisfaction. Many choose to use the Housemark Star survey, and this asks the, the tenants a series of questions, some of which are really focused around value for money and specifically on the service charge. And as we know, energy bills for communal areas make a key part of that service charge. So tenants really want to see that this is being well managed on their behalf, that they can get the information that they want, and, uh, and more and more so, uh, being focused on whether this is being managed sustainably. So they're looking to their housing association to provide them with some evidence and justification to prove that it's not just value for money, but also that it's meeting their environmental expectations of a responsible provider. Okay, so so is dealing with energy management a big distraction for many? Um, and why do you think that is the case? So energy affects housing associations in different areas of the organisations. So it's not so much of a distraction, but it's actually a key focus amongst lots of uh, the the different parts of the organisation. It's important to have a a joined up and coherent plan with the right support. So just for instance, you know, amongst amongst others, energy will affect the service charging team and budgeting within the finance divisions. It'll affect uh, the governance and compliance of the organisation as it looks to make sure that its procurement strategy is, is compliant. It will affect the the asset management team uh, through perhaps the management of void properties and the management of utilities when those properties are void. It'll affect the estates team as they look to uh, roll out correct metering so that uh, billing can be done accurately. It'll affect the development teams as they look to install new supplies and also as they look to specify those new buildings that are being developed in line with new requirements for energy efficiency and also look to retrofit existing stock to make sure that uh, existing stock is, is being brought up to current energy efficiency standards. And more widely, actually, as the um, as the organisation starts to um, see uh, some challenges with 
uh, fuel poverty, uh, making sure that housing offices and so on are well equipped to guide and advise their tenants and residents on how to uh, be energy efficient in the operation of that particular home. So there's actually lots of different parts of how energy can affect the, the sector. And that's all part of delivering a good service to your tenants. Some organisations are, are more well developed with this strategy than others. And um, from our own surveys in conjunction with Inside Housing, we know though that only 23% of housing associations actually have an energy management strategy in place, yet it impacts right across the organisation. So we believe that this is actually going to be an increased area for focus amongst those organisations who really want to provide great service and differentiate themselves amongst the industry. But, but I guess at the moment, help is there for vulnerable customers by, by taking advantage, advantage of lower energy prices, both directly and as a contributory factor to their service charge? Potentially, that's right, yeah. So one of the impacts of the virus crisis has been that demand has reduced at not just a national level, but right across the globe. So as industry has slowed down and um, manufacturing and other sectors has has ground to a, a close through lockdown, global demand has, has decreased and that has had a corresponding impact on pricing. So prices of energy have, have hit a recent floor when we were actually in a, in a downtrend anyway. So COVID-19 has suppressed prices further and actually led to market pricing from a commodity perspective being very low at the moment. Um, as we do get back to normal, we are starting to uh, see prices rise again. So as lockdowns are restricted across the world, we have started to see uh, demand increase. Oil prices have, have picked up and carbon prices have also picked up as well, which have been a driver behind uh, the utilities commodities market increasing. So this is a perhaps a short term window of opportunity as we start to see the world get back to normal. Uh, what would you say the main things are that housing associations should consider whilst they're looking at their procurement contracts at the moment? So timing is always a really important factor when you're considering securing a position in the commodities market. The commodities markets move every day, every hour and every minute. So picking a right time when the markets are at an appropriate position for your for your risk management strategy is really key to get a good price from the market. However, that commodity element is making up a smaller and smaller element of the overall delivered cost of energy. And as we see um, non-commodity prices increase, that becomes an increasingly important part of the bill. So non-commodities can include taxes, levies and distribution costs and uh, have been rising year on year. And we're starting to see changes to to that which will disproportionately affect the UK housing market particularly the the targeted charging review which is affecting that distribution cost of of energy um, with costs being uh, reallocated from perhaps larger users to uh, a flat rate which affects everybody uh, across the uh, the UK where Perhaps housing associations, smaller energy supplies have been less impacted in the past. And looking beyond procurement, what are some of the big challenges and watchouts? So I think one of the key challenges for the organisation for organisations in the sector 
is is making sure that they're they're confident that uh, costs are as low as possible and as accurate as possible. So we know from our, our survey with Inside Housing that only 20% of organisations in the sector are confident that their invoices are actually correct. And that's a going to be a, a combination of, of asset management challenges, but also metering challenges. So lots of uh, smaller energy supplies within the sector are what, we, what are known as non-half hourly and not yet smart metered. So the rollout of smart metering is going to be a really important part of any uh, any housing associations energy management strategy. But also beyond that, we want to make sure that there's a, a good, strong budgeting process in place so that we always know what costs are coming down the line and any changes in industry costs uh, accounted for and budgeted for in future years, that there's strong compliance both with things like OG procurement rules, which are still in play, as well as Section 20, and also that there's a, an appropriate voids process to make sure that as uh, tenants come and go, uh, housing associations are always in control of their spend. We are also hearing a lot about back to better. Do you think that tenants might have a growing expectation of how the sector can embrace environmental sustainability going forward? Absolutely, yes. I think that this is, you know, it's important to the public at large, which will be reflected in in those tenants and residents. But it's also important to the Housing Association organisation itself. As organisations look to non-traditional, non-governmental funding routes and investors, there's going to be a requirement to look more seriously at uh, how environmental and social governance is measured and managed and reported back to those investors. There's also going to be you know, key governmental um, support coming down the line. So it was great to see uh, the government announce a £50 million pilot on the decarbonisation of social housing uh, recently, and it'll be great to see when that larger social housing decarbonisation fund comes into fruition, as was announced under the original uh, Conservative manifesto. Yeah, more widely, though, I think we're going to see a, a shift in the uh, the wider fabric of society over uh, the next five years. We're likely to see increased electrification of transport. Lots of housing associations were already investing in electric vehicles for their maintenance fleet. So from a utilities perspective, we're going to need to make sure that there's the right infrastructure around uh, the, uh, the estates to make sure that those uh, vehicles can be charged. And ultimately, you know, that that, uh, that network is there for tenants and residents. I think we're also going to see a localization of energy. So as we see uh, more development, we're going to see an increased amount of renewables, uh, hopefully uh, within those developments. And it'd be great to see that integrated into smart grids as that rolls out and rolls forward. So we're talking more and more about sustainability. But on a more personal note, Dan, um, what, what are you and your family doing about being a bit more green so uh, I always like the turn of phrase, think global, act local, and lockdown being a great push to uh, to perhaps change some of our old habits. So instead of, uh, you know, traveling 
um to 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 go and find new things and to go on different adventures actually lockdown's been a really good push to discover what's on the doorstep so it's been great to spend some more time around home to see uh, you know some some more local areas some great local beaches some great woodland walks and actually to do to do things a bit more locally than we would have although perhaps it would be nice to uh, to to be sat on a, a beach in the south of france Actually, Wales and Devon have got an awful lot to offer when the weather's been as great as it has. Thanks, Dan. We've covered some really important points there, and hopefully we have provided some helpful advice to those that are working in the sector. How do you think your first podcast has gone? Are you ready for a new broadcasting career? It's been great. As you say, I think we've covered some relevant topics there and hopefully provided some solutions to problems that many housing associations may be facing at the moment. To those listening, I'd say that we want this to be the start of a bigger conversation about the challenges within the industry around energy and sustainability. We want to help take advantage of the many opportunities that are out there. Yes, I agree, Dan. We would really like to hear from you all listening if you have any questions about anything we have touched on. Please do email us at podcast at anenco.com or contact your account manager. He'll be more than happy to help. Dan, as always, great to speak to you. Thanks, Duncan. Great speaking with you too. Okay, and to all you listening, thanks for joining us. We look forward to speaking to you again soon. <laughs>